Terrific. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chris Meyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chris Meyer. War over the Temple Mount is just a matter of time. That's the headline from Haaretz.com coming from Israel today. You may think, you may believe that the only thing that really matters out there right now is Russia and Ukraine. Well, that's where you're focusing, but that's not where many in the Middle East are focusing. Oh, they're talking about Ukraine and they're talking about Russia, but not in the context that most of us think. Rather, they're looking at it from the standpoint of the effect on the end times and the Middle East, on Islam and on Israel. So today on Viewpoint, we're going to be taking a look at this announcement, a war over the Temple Mount is just a matter of time, why that is, and what it has to do with Islamic, shall we say, the Islamic apocalypse, or Islamic eschatology. Today, you're going to be shocked, perhaps, to hear what the Muslim people think about these times. Yes, not those times, these times, right now, the times in which you and I are living. Well, the Temple Mount is located in an area that Israel has annexed, and to date, only the Trump administration has acknowledged this sovereignty, says the article coming from Israel in Haaretz.com. But even had this annexation been acknowledged everywhere in the world, Arrangements on the Temple Mount are subject to Israel's promises to Jordan, as written in their 1994 peace treaty, and to later agreements designed to cool down this burning hot religious reactor, which explodes with the frequency of a wild geyser. That's not uh, really language that is too far off, friends, because the Temple Mount is the most explosive 37 acres on the planet. After the Six-Day War of 1967, then-Defense Minister Moshe Dayan decided that the administration of the Temple Mount, because he was a secular Jew, not a religious Jew at all, Moshe Dayan decided, well, the Temple Mount wasn't really worth that much to Israel at that time, so it would remain in the hands of the Jordanian religious trust called the Waqf. In 2015, then-Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu ratified the so-called Kerry Agreements, including Israel's recognition of Jordan's special role in safeguarding the holy sites at the compound and the principle that Muslims can pray on the mount while non-Muslims could visit but not pray. In other words, Jews and Christians could visit the mount but not pray, you better not bow your head, or you might lose it. So Trump's deal of the century plan retained the arrangements that were valid until its publication, but then immediately afterwards it went on to say that people of every faith should be permitted to pray on the Temple Mount, or Haram al-Sharif, as the Muslims say, in a manner that is fully respectful to their religion. 
the attempts by the Temple Mount faithful to breach the Mount and their dream of not only praying on the Mount but also rebuilding the Temple there is presenting the sovereignty issue as the main issue. Well, sovereignty is a big deal. Is Israel Israel or is it not? Is the Temple Mount part of Israel or is it not? Is the Temple Mount part of Jerusalem or is it not? Those are big questions. The Pope says, well, I'll tell you what, we'll resolve it all and we'll take it over. The Pope wants to take over Jerusalem and the Temple Mount and become the overseers and the ones who have resolved all the problems with regard to the Temple Mount and Jerusalem. And so the Vatican has been trying for 25 years to gain access and dominion over all of the various prominent sites throughout Israel and then in Jerusalem and the Temple Mount, including King David's tomb, including the place revered as the place where Jesus held the Last Supper. Well, for Muslims, without the Temple Mount, Israel cannot be a Jewish state. The reason for its survival will evaporate. For them, even if a religious war erupts, and even if Israel's relations with old and new Arab friends are severed, and certainly if sanctions are imposed on Israel, then absolute control of the Temple Mount is, from the Jewish perspective, worth the price. What price might that be? Well, the headline says, a war over the Temple Mount is just a matter of time. Is it worth it? Well, if the Mount is the place where God chose to place his name there, and if the Mount is the place where Jesus was sacrificed, well, just off the Mount on Golgotha, If the mount is the place where Jesus said, my house is called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves, then maybe it might be worth it. But would it be worth it also for the nations of the world? Because the nations of the world, including their leaders, all believe in one way or another that the 37 acres called the Temple Mount, the most precious real estate on the planet, Those 37 acres are so precious and so powerful that he who rules the Temple Mount is deemed to rule the world. And the Muslims believe that. Therefore, the Muslims have already decreed that they will rule the Temple Mount. They will rule Jerusalem and they will rule the Temple Mount. Not from Mecca, not from Medina, but from Jerusalem. But they're not alone. The Pope has already decreed that he will rule from the Temple Mount. That has been a long-standing position of the Vatican, that the papacy will sit as Christ himself on the Temple Mount and rule the world. Already believe they do rule the world, at least in theory. And that that theory is about to become reality. That would explain a lot of the actions of Pope John Paul II, then Pope Benedict, and now Pope Francis. But how about the Muslims? Today we want to take a look at Islamic apocalypse. Now, this matter of the Temple Mount, Jerusalem's Temple Mount, is spreading. Another article from Hararetz.com today, Jerusalem's Temple Mount clashes are spreading to Jordan's royal palace. 
just over the past several days, there have been such an eruption of violence on the Temple Mount that the Israeli police have had their hands full. And the whole world has been concerned about it. Biden has dispatched uh, Mr. Blinken to Israel with a complete assembly of personages representing Joe Biden to try to bring peace to the Temple Mount. But it's not just America, not just other areas of the world, but it's also the Islamic world that is deeply troubled, including Jordan and their king. We'll see what that looks like when we get back, and then we're going to begin to delve more deeply into the meaning of the Islamic apocalypse and the coming final battle. Stay tuned. This is Viewpoint. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chrismar, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. The Islamic apocalypse, Islamic eschatology, the battle, the coming final battle, all of those things on viewpoint here in the next 40 minutes or so, and I hope you'll stay tuned. I think that uh, your, your mind, your heart, your eyes are going to be opened wide to events and viewpoints that are indeed determining destiny. It's not just Christian viewpoints that determine destiny. It's the, the viewpoints of everyone. The Islamic viewpoint is fixed on determining destiny. The Vatican viewpoint is fixed on determining destiny. The Russian viewpoint fixed on determining destiny. The Biden and the World Economic Forum viewpoint, Klaus Schwab, all fixed on determining destiny. All of these different factors are playing in now in the, shall we say, the emerging confluence of historic and prophetic events that are surging inexorably toward the second coming of Jesus Christ, which, by the way, even the Muslims believe in. Oh, but not the way you do. So, Jerusalem's Temple Mount clashes now are spreading to Jordan's royal palace. In Jordan and Israel, clashes at the holy site there on the Temple Mount not only concern defenders of freedom of worship, but are also serving political rivals who could topple the governments in both countries, that is, Jordan and Israel. This is hot. This is a hot potato. It is explosive, friends. We have known that, we've talked about it, and in fact, it was back in 2013 that we came out with our book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic and End Time Battle for He Who Rules the Temple Route is Deemed to Rule the World. There was a reason we came out with that book at that time, to prepare the way in the world's understanding for what is about to take place. 
and it's taking place in high drama at the OK Corral, so to speak. So, at the moment, social media feeds are rife with cursing and accusations directed at King Abdullah II there in Jordan. A petition signed by 86 members of the Jordanian parliament is calling for breaking off diplomatic relations with Israel and nullification of the peace treaty between the two countries that actually gave Jordan the ability to govern the Temple Mount under the trust of the WAQF, W-A-Q-F organization. Now, all of that is put at risk. The nation of Israel is put at risk. The Israeli government under Naftali Bennett is at risk. The king of Jordan is at risk. There's almost no way to win. Because this issue is so absolutely, shall we say, unresolvably volatile. And it's going to intensify. So, when I read the headline, Jerusalem's Temple Mount classes are spreading to Jordan, and then that follows after reading the headline that, indeed, a war over the Temple Mount is just a matter of time, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Something is going to have to resolve that issue. What will it be? We'll talk about that as we move toward the end of the program here today on Viewpoint. Now, before we go further, for those of you who are in the Massachusetts and Connecticut area, I am very pleased to announce to you that come April 25th, that's just a week of five days away, come April 25th, this program, Viewpoint, will be heard on several other stations And you need to get used to that because on April 28th, I believe it is, this program will no longer be heard. It's either April 28th or April 30th. will no longer be heard on WACE, where we have been heard for 22 years. They've sold the station. So listen very carefully. Take out a pen and paper and write this information down. Our program will be heard starting the 25th of April on WV, as in Victor, N-E, that's 760 on your AM dial, and 101.5 on the FM dial. Again, WVNA, WV, as in Victor, N-E, 760 on the AM dial, 101.5 on the FM dial from 4 to 5 p.m., back to our original time. In addition to that, for those in Massachusetts and Connecticut, WSDK, WS is in Sam, DK, 1550 on your AM dial, 95.3 on your FM dial. Again, 1550 on your FM dial, excuse me, on your AM dial, 95.3 on your FM dial. Addition to that, we are going to be heard in Boston on WILD, 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 1090 on your AM dial. All of these from 4 to 5 p.m. daily, Monday through Friday. So I hope you'll 
uh, avail yourself of this opportunity and that we can start out with a bang and everybody will be listening and there will be no excuse because we'll be uh, covered in the entire area, Massachusetts and Connecticut. All right. Now we move forward to taking a look at a press release that came out from the Palestinians just this week. Here are the results of a public opinion poll conducted by the Palestinian Center for Policy and Survey Research uh, in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip between March 16th and March 20th of this year. Now, we're not going to cover the entire 10 pages, but I'm going to share just two or three things with you that stand out in the context of the Islamic apocalypse and the battle for the Temple Mount. On Palestinian-Israeli relations, the poll found that support for a two-state solution remains almost the same as it was a while back, while support for a one-state solution with equal rights for Jews and Palestinians has risen to about a third of the population. Now, the results also show an increase in support for confrontations and armed uprising and a decrease in the belief in the effectiveness of negotiations. In other words, war is on the way. Finally, in this survey, they asked for the first time about the belief in a Quranic prophecy about the demise of Israel. Listen carefully. They found that a vast majority actually believe that such prophecy does indeed exist in the Quran. However, the poll found that most of the public does not believe the assessment that 2022 is the precise year of Israel's demise. Only a minority believe that assessment regarding a specific year. Well, what was the specific prophecy? That June of 2022 would be the end of Israel. That was the prophecy. That June of 2022, that's this year, a month and a half away, would be the end of Israel. Now, viewpoint determines destiny, and those who believe that deep down are willing to do whatever they think they have to do to bring it to pass. That's the point. Viewpoint always determines destiny and drives people to do what they do or don't do. In addition to that, 38% believe that the most vital Palestinian goal should be to end Israeli occupation in the areas occupied in 1967 and build a Palestinian state in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip with East Jerusalem as its capital. Well, what is East Jerusalem? East Jerusalem is biblical Jerusalem. That's the Jerusalem that Jesus and his apostles lived in, worked in, taught, fellowshiped in, preached in, and so on. When asked about the most pressing problem confronting Palestinians today, the largest percentage, a third, said it is the Israeli occupation, while 28% it's corruption in the Palestinian uh, association. 14% said it is unemployment, 14% it's the split of division, and 8% said it's internal violence. All right, that gives us a clue as to where the people in the Palestinian Authority among Hamas 
And those in Gaza and the West Bank are actually thinking with regard to Israel. Remember, they believe there is an Islamic prophecy that Israel will be destroyed in June of 2022. That's this year. Therefore, many are going to be willing to put their lives on the mark, on the line, to accomplish just such a goal. There's the problem. So everything is very volatile. Now, where do Muslims stand with regard to the end of the age, the end times, the coming final battle? Well, let's take a look at that. Many Muslims anticipate that the end of days is here, or will be here soon. If we went back 10 years to 2012, there was a Pew poll that determined that half or more Muslims at that time, 10 years ago, believed that they would personally witness the appearance of the Mahdi. Mahdi, M-A-H-D-I. That's the Islamic Messiah. So in Islamic eschatology, the messianic figure known as the Mahdi, or the guided one, would appear before the Day of Judgment. Now for Sunnis, the Mahdi is not here yet. But for Shiites, the Mahdi has already been born, just hidden. And when he reveals himself, supposedly justice will prevail. The 1979 Iranian Revolution is considered by some Shiites to be an early sign of the Mahdi's appearance. But for both Sunnis and Shiites, the Mahdi's role is in part to end the disunity of the Muslim community and to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ, who is understood to be a prophet in Israel, uh, excuse me, in Islam. Interesting, isn't it? So Islam believes that Jesus is a prophet. They call him Isa, I-S-A, Isa. But they do not believe that he's the son of God or that he died and rose again. They don't believe that because they say to believe that is blasphemy worthy of death. But they do believe he's coming back. Well, how is he coming back if he never left? If he didn't die, if he didn't rise from the dead, then what happened? Just ask it. While Muslim apocalyptic thought is diverse and complex, most narratives contain some elements that would be easily recognized, as you can see by Christians and Jews. Such as, at an undetermined time in the future, the world will end, a messianic figure will return to the earth, and God will pass judgment on all people, just relegating some to heaven and some to hell. Interesting, isn't it? Muslims have some similar kinds of beliefs. But what's at the root of those beliefs? That's where the problem is. You see, the devil's always in the details. Because the Quran is not an apocalyptic book, writers, Islamic writers, have been forced to turn to supplementary materials, including the words attributed to Muhammad, the Bible, global conspiracy theories, the Hadith, stories of UFO abductions and theories about the Bermuda Triangle and so on. And so it's very confused. And that comes, this period of confusing comes before the final events of the end times. Events in this period are typically described as lesser signs of the hour 
and greater signs of the hour. The lesser signs are moral, cultural, political, religious, and natural events designed to warn humanity that the end is near and to bring people into a state of repentance. Wow! We don't even hear of Christians calling people to repentance. Pastors are afraid to do that. But apparently that's endemic to Islamic apocalyptic thinking. That moral, cultural, religious, political, natural events are designed to warn humanity that the end is near and to bring people to a state of repentance. But the greater signs offer a more detailed account of the final days, and we'll get into some of those greater signs when we get back. I hope you'll stay tuned, friends. The Islamic Apocalypse. Will the Temple Mount be under war shortly? There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. A leading Jewish rabbi declared that the world today is in a state described by sages as labor that precedes the coming of a Messiah. Wow. At the same time, the Iranian government produced a video declaring the coming is near. That video was virtually unreported in the Western world, but it says that all the signs are moving into place that Iran will soon help usher in the end times. That's what the Islamic Revolution was all about in Iran. That's why they want nuclear power. They don't want nuclear power for civil, civic purposes. They want nuclear power because they believe that it's going to be necessary to create the intimidating chaos in the world that will usher in the Islamic Mahdi or Messiah. So even as the Muslim world is preparing to usher in the coming of the Mahdi, so the Jewish world is experiencing a rising expectation that both Jew and Gentile are now living in what they call the Messianic Age, however one might divine it. Now, we're not going to go into all the depths today of what that is. We've talked about it so much uh, in the past, but if you want to know more about it, get a hold of my book, uh, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming uh, the coming imposter. By the way, Muslims believe in an Antichrist. He just goes by a different name. Astounded? It's true. Now, for further information, 
that I think will be even of greater help on this particular subject today, I direct your attention to my book, King of the Mountain. The eternal epic and end time battle for he who rules the Temple Mount is deemed to rule the world. There is a special chapter in that book called the Mahdi versus the Messiah. It will open your eyes to an awful lot of developments, tracing things back and forth so that you can see exactly what is going on. Chapter 22 of that book is called The Battle for Jerusalem. Truly a dangerous war at stake. Who will rule? Who will rule and reign over planet Earth? Who will rule and reign over planet Earth? A dangerous war. The fight has begun for Jerusalem, declared the Palestinian Authority Prime Minister Ahmed Curry, and it is a dangerous war. He said that in 2005. Then five years later, Arut Sheva in Israel headline reaffirmed the battle for Jerusalem. That's where things are going. The battle for Jerusalem will truly be a dangerous war. No war in the history of mankind will have had more momentous impact. And at stake is the final battle for King of the Mountain, who will rule and reign over planet Earth. And it's all focused on 37 acres, the Temple Mount, in the context of Jerusalem, known as the City of Peace. And nearly every contest ends in conquest of some sort. And so it's going to be with regard to the eternal epic and end-time battle for King of the Mountain. There is going to be a contest, and it's going to involve the nations of the world. They're going to surround Israel, just as the Bible says. So watch out. Things are happening. It's not just Russia and Ukraine. That's just setting a stage for something much bigger. You may think that's horrific, and it is. It is horrific. We do not contone what Russia is doing. They have their reasons. We don't condone that here on this program. But it is leading to something far bigger. And that's what nobody is really talking about. So we're blinded to the reality of the greater prophetic import of what's taking place right in front of our eyes. And that is the establishment, the final establishment of the prophesied one world order, the resurrected Roman Empire that will set itself against Russia and against the Islamic world, and there will be mortal conflict. Now, the book, King of the Mountain. It is a $20 book, yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. And, uh, again, if you're writing a check, at $5 for postage and handling, and we want to get the book in your hands. So, this is what's taking place. Uh, it's going to be the Mahdi versus the Messiah. 
And now we want to find out a little bit more about what Muslims think in terms of their eschatology and the end of all things. Islamic apocalypse. Here are just a few things. An ancient prophecy quotes Muhammad as saying the Dabiq, that's near Aleppo in Syria, will be where Islam defeats Christendom. That's what he said. Is it true? Well, it may be true that he said it. It doesn't mean that it's true that it will happen. However, according to the Quran, there will be dramatic events leading to the end times. The sun folded up when the stars fall, losing their luster. When the oceans suffer to burst forth, when the graves are turned upside down, what is the day of noise and clamor, it asks? It's a day where men will be like moths scattered about and the mountains like carded wool. One Islamic website is entitled 50 Signs of the Day of Judgment from the words of Allah and his messenger. Muhammad said it will not come until you see ten signs before and made mention of the smoke and Dajjal, who is the Antichrist, the beast, the rising of the sun from the west, the descent of Jesus, son of Mary, the Gog and Magog, and land slidings in three places, one in the east, one in the west, and one in Arabia, at the end of which fire would burn forth from Yemen and would drive people to the place of their assembly. Now, these are all quotes. Another characteristic from, of, from Islam of the end times is there will be moral decay. Well, that's basically what Jesus said. That's what the apostles said. Moral conditions at that time will be an all-time low. Women will increase in number. Men will decrease in number. Musical instruments will precipitate much of the moral decay, they say. The people will sweat profusely on the day of judgment or resurrection. It's a terrible moment when will be each person is handed a book of deeds done on the earth, and they will be weighed. There will be hellfire and brimstone, say some Quranic verses. The return of Jesus to be the most significant event at that time. Why Jesus, when they don't believe that he's Messiah? Well, because they believe that he's the one who will introduce their Messiah, the Mahdi. That he will confirm that the Mahdi is really the Messiah, not Yeshua or Jesus. So, you can see the confusion here, and yet there are so many things that seem to be so similar. So how about these greater signs? We talked about the lesser signs. How about the greater signs? The Antichrist will appear and travel to Jerusalem, a messianic figure. He will come to earth, and then Jesus, in some instances they say the Mahdi, will kill the Antichrist and convert the masses to Islam. 
so that the world's non-Muslim territories will be conquered ultimately for Islam. So you see, they do believe that Islam will rule the world under Sharia law. That is rooted in the belief, the viewpoint of the Ayatollahs in Iran, of Erdogan, the president of Turkey, and of all Muslim world leaders. It's fundamental. There is nothing more fundamental than that belief, that Islam will rule the world under Sharia law. In a famous book, A Call to Global Islamic Resistance, the author, Filiu, made this observation. He said, I have no doubt that we have entered into the age of tribulations. Oh, they believe in tribulation. Oh, big time. In addition to that, the question was asked, why is ISIS' obsession with the end of the world so important for us to understand? For one thing, violent apocalyptic groups tend to see themselves as participating in a cosmic war between good and evil in which ordinary moral rules do not apply. In other words, the cosmic battle of good versus evil allows one to do evil in the name of good. It's as simple as that. Now, we move forward the very lengthy expression of the viewpoint, the apocalyptic viewpoint of the coming final battle in which Islam will rule the world. Here are the final words. Goading the West into a final battle in Syria is a critical component of the scenario. Goading the West into a final battle in Syria is a critical component of the scenario. That's the viewpoint. Is it true? Well, there is some truth in it because the Bible does describe the Western world, the New World Order, coming into conflict with the North and with the South. Well, most of those Muslims are in the South. We'll be back. Stay tuned. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. As we wrap up here in the next 12 or 13 minutes, I hope that you will listen very carefully because all of the, what we've been talking about is coming into 
cleaner and more accurate focus as we speak. It's happening right in front of our eyes, friends, unbelievably. Islamic eschatology, that's the doctrine of end things. Similar to other Abrahamic religions, Islam teaches that at some undetermined time in the future, there will be a horrible tribulation, a messianic figure who returns to earth to restore order, the dead will be resurrected, the world will end, and God will pass judgment on all people, justly relegating some to heaven and some to hell. Also, Islamic apocalyptic literature describing Armageddon is often known as the Great Epic, where the Mahdi, a righteous man descended from the Islamic prophet Muhammad, assisted by the prophet Jesus, known as Isa, who will return to earth, will defeat the Dajjal, that is the Antichrist, and establish a period of peace, liberating the world from cruelty and injustice. And those events will be followed by a time of serenity, when people will live according to religious values that Christians would normally call the millennial, millennium rather. This will be followed by the end of the world, and then the day of judgment referred to in the Quran as the day of reckoning, the last day, and the hour of Al-Sayah. Major figures of the end times are the Mahdi, Isa, that's Jesus, and Dajjal, all mentioned in the Hadith literature, but not in the Quran. If you want to find out what the minor signs are from the viewpoint of the, of the uh, Muslim, preceding the end times, and what the major signs are, I urge you to go to Google and type in Islamic eschatology. And it will give you a nice 24-page printout. And it will list, amazingly, dozens and dozens and dozens of specific events that we don't have time to go into today. Most of what we have been sharing here is not contained in that article, but contained in many other articles, including my book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic and End Time Battle. But if you want to know more of those details concerning what uh, Muslims believe are going to be the characteristics, uh, the greater signs and the lesser signs, uh, before the uh, final events of world history, and apocalypse, as they say, you can get that right there, Islamic eschatology, by Googling it in Wikipedia. Okay. Now, as we're uh, getting ready to wrap up here, I want to take us back to a cover story of U.S. News & World Report back in 1995. This This article came out just six months after we launched this program. Six months after we launched this program, when U.S. News & World Report was still uh, having a print form of their magazine, the title on the cover was God's City. God's City. And it was citing Jerusalem's 3,000 years of history, beginning with King David. In fact, they said, the history of Jerusalem is writ in stone. And the holy city's final political disposition remains one of the sorest spots or points of Mideast peace negotiations. 
While the city's history is quite clear, her future from a political standpoint is not. Yet her symbolic status is perfectly clear. So what's the symbolic status? Jerusalem has become, in effect, the center of the world. Not Russia, not the Ukraine, not Washington, D.C., not London, not Beijing. He who would rule the world must reign in Jerusalem. So will it be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Will it be the God of Jacob or Israel only, as revealed in and through Yeshua ben David, Jesus, or Muhammad, Allah, the vicar or the vicar of Christ, empowered by the Vatican? Or an ascendant of secular global cabal with its counterfeit Messiah, elevating again the goddess of reason, like in the French Revolution, over the Creator. So prophecy is soon going to become history for the city of God. So the real question that's looming over the fate of the holy city is much greater than who will be king of the mountain. The real question is, who is God and who will be God? That's the real question. So this battle on earth that we're talking about is going to be nothing other than a final playing out of the cosmic war historic in the heavenlies between God and his archenemy, Satan, who is the ultimate enemy of your soul, my friend. The battle for the city of God is the symbolic battle for the souls of men, including yours. It is a winner-take-all battle. All other current conflicts, however horrible they may seem, are merely peripheral to the ultimate prize. Until recently, Jerusalem has remained too holy to handle, said the Jerusalem Post. But, Holy, unholy boldness is now brashly embracing the profane in desperate pursuit of the prize. Here's what was stated in 1997 in Jerusalem Betrayed. Prophecy and conspiracy collide in the holy city. Listen. The fuse has already been lit that ultimately will ignite the final conflagration around Jerusalem. The nations of the world are aligned for spiritual and physical warfare against the city of God. Wow. Does that sound profound to you? Does it get your attention yet? The question then is not who is God, but does God have you? You see, believing in God is not the issue. Even the devil and demons believe and tremble. The question is whether God has you. How would anybody know? How would you know? What would be the tests that would determine how you would answer that question. Would your children know? Would your grandchildren know? Would your wife know, your husband? 
the the problem right now is in this hour of history, the heat is being turned up. In fact, it's soon going to be hotter than Nebuchadnezzar's burning fiery furnace. And Satan himself knows the time of Christ's coming. It's fast approaching, and time is running out. And unfortunately, our world and its leaders are promoting unprecedented rebellion against God, even in our own country, led first by the Obama administration and now by the Biden administration. Open rebellion against God and everything God has stood for and declared in his word. But the epicenter of that rebellion is the holy city, where God chose to place his name. So it's a raging spiritual war that's driving external events that renders it nearly impossible for the power brokers of this earth to connect the dots and to even comprehend the dire consequences that will be precipitated in their blinding rage. Friends, you've heard of the law of unintended consequences. We're going to see the spin-off of the Russian-Ukrainian war. We're going to see it pretty soon. And it ain't going to be pretty. You may see a cessation of war in Ukraine, but it will actually produce an even greater situation for the world as a whole. It's blind, it's binding together the powers of earth into their respective camps, just as described by Jesus and the prophets and the apostles. So it's a spiritual war that's raging and driving these external events. It makes it almost impossible. The leaders are totally blinded. They cannot connect the dots. And even if they could, they don't want to. Because then it will interfere with their agendas. And unfortunately, tragically, most Jews and perhaps most professing Christians remain relatively clueless as to the unfolding disaster that's about to consume our planet. Everyone and everything is going to be drawn into the vortex of God. For some, it's going to be deliverance. For others, it'll be judgment. But make no mistake about it. Jesus Christ, Yeshua, as Messiah, will rule the nations from Jerusalem because he said he would. Until then, Jerusalem's a burdensome stone for the whole world, for the nations, including America. Has been for a long time and will become increasingly so. Things are moving rapidly. Are you prepared for the times that are coming? It's not going to get easier. It's going to get more difficult, friends. That's what Jesus said. That's what the apostles said. It's not going to be a bed of roses. Are you preparing your children and your grandchildren to be able to stand in the increasingly evil day and having done all to stand to stand? As the world is facing its moment of truth now, 
and is staging its final battle in the Valley of Decision. Indeed, the day of the Lord is near in the Valley of Decision. It's going to be the consummate spiritual battle of the ages. It's going to be fought through bloody array and deceptive chicanery right here on this planet. So the world and its leaders right now, including each one of us as citizens, is faced perhaps with the choice of greatest moment in history, the history of mankind, a choice for destiny, not just for the physical destiny of Jerusalem, but our own spiritual destiny. It is the ultimate choice of our lifetime. Will we align ourselves individually and collectively with the clearly expressed and historically consistent viewpoint of God as creator recorded in the Bible, or will we collectivize our rebellion in unfettered and diabolical tyranny against the Lord and against his anointed? That's the question. Prophecy is soon going to become history, and divine judgment awaits our decision. It is the final battle for king of the mountain. Does it sound like this might be a serious matter for us to consider? You can't do anything about the Russian-Ukrainian war, but you can do something about the spiritual war that is raging even here in America, in our churches, in our own homes. That's, my friends, what we need to be doing something about. That's how we prepare the way of the Lord through repentance, confession of sin, repentance, and then aligning our words, our wills, our ways, our hopes, our expectations with the kingdom of God, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's what Jesus said. That's our hope. And we do have hope if we will embrace the conditions of that hope. Thanks for joining us. Get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain. $20 book, yours for $15. On our website, saveus.org. Write to us, call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, and become a partner. Don't delay in doing that, friends. This is a desperate moment. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.